Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Everyone say the journey. How many of you have already been on a journey this summer? Hands up. You gone anywhere road tripping? How many of you love road tripping? How many of you hate road tripping? Fly me there. I want to get there now. Yeah, that's usually me. <laughs> we did, um, you know, this series, The Road Trip of a Lifetime. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, road trips are one of those things you either love them or you hate them. I find there's very few in-between people. Would you agree? Road trips, they can be wonderful, but they are also very exhausting. And, you know, when it comes to road trip, you... Some of you might be like spur of the moment. I know my daughter's done this on different occasions. Let's just get in a car and let's drive to Banff for the day. Like, I, you know, people do that. I don't like doing that. Planners, how many of you, you need to plan. You know, if you're going to go on a road trip, especially if it's going to be a fun one, you want to make sure you have been planning. You've got to plan your stops. You've got to plan when you're resting. You've got to plan when, wherever you're going. And, you know, we on the road trip, we took a road trip. We did a family vacation down to Phoenix, but Mike and I drove down the week before so we could get some hiking in, which was amazing. But, you know, we knew where we were going, but we could not get there on our own. We needed a community called Apple Maps or Google Maps. If you are a Google person, we have discovered Apple Maps has upped their game way better. Just a tip if you're going anywhere. This is one of a great, see, there's a community who had already been there. They had already traveled the road we had gone on. But they were also traveling along with us because every once in a while, we would get speed trap notice ahead. Isn't it wonderful? How many of you have experienced that on Apple Maps? Oh, some of you need to experience Apple Maps. It is amazing. Speed trap, detour. Here's the detour. This is, where you're, this is where you need to go. Here's where the congestion is ahead. There's an accident ahead. There was incredible beauty on a road trip. You can see, we're going to watch a clip. They've got a video of, uh, this is Zion National Park. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's so sad. I wanted to show a picture, but I didn't know what to show because nothing, Mike's drop drawn. We literally stood there. We stood there like this for, like, it was, it was so ridiculous. You come out of this, you know, it's probably about 40 degrees or 38 or something, and all of a sudden there's this blast of cold air coming from this cavern. Like, it was incredible. You know, there's all sorts of beauty, but they're also exhausting. What's that? It was. It was huge. It was massive. It does not show it. It was ridiculously large. It felt like, I felt like I stepped into something from like the dinosaur days. It was so big. It was huge. But here's the thing about road trips. There's beauty, there's wonder, but there's, it's also exhausting. We did this because we wanted to have an active vacation. We knew that 45 degrees Celsius was not conducive to good hiking weather in the desert. I just don't do that. Some of you might like to do that. That is not me. It was ridiculously hot. But when I calculated it, I think we were sitting more than what we were actually moving when it came down to it. Road trips can be long. They can be painful. 
but oh so worth it. And you know what? The life that Jesus invites us into is like the road trip of a lifetime. There is incredible adventure. There's incredible beauty along the way. But it's also a very challenging thing. And see, this, this adventure that Jesus invites us into, you know, the series that we're on called The Journey, The Road Trip of a Lifetime, you know, this is really more, this is descriptive of what it means to actually follow Jesus. Because see, with Jesus, he didn't call us to a destination. He called us into a way of being, a way of being with him and becoming like him and carrying on his mission and you know, one of the things that I started this summer is I went back to school. I have not been in school. I, had not, I have not had to write a book report for over 40 years. And now I'm writing book reports. I'm working on my master's in theology, and it is the most pain. I was like, how do you write a book report? <laughs> it's been a long time. And you know, it's interesting. A lot of the things I'm studying, the more and more that I am learning, I'm actually coming to the realization that I think a lot of the language that we use to describe following Jesus or what it, what it means, you know, whatever kind of language maybe you might be familiar with being a Christian or, you know, doing the Jesus thing or whatever. And, you know, the more I'm understanding the actual story of God interacting with humans and God's story and the story that we're a part of, I actually think most of the time, those of us who are part of this Christian community or part of the church, and when we talk about, you know, our faith or what our life is about, I actually think most of the time we're using the wrong language. We use language like God wants a relationship with you, or we might ask somebody, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Or we might say, well, it's not religion, it's relationship that God wants, and, and while all of those are actually true, they're inadequate. Because what Jesus invites us into is so much more. In fact, Jesus didn't invite people to have a relationship with him. I just let that sit for a minute. Jesus never said to anybody, come have a relationship with me. He said, come follow me. Everyone say follow. Follow. Come follow me. And that is, that's more than just, you know, go where I'm going. It's more than just like, you know, somebody that drops what they're doing and they're following Jesus down the beach and following him into the next village. It was a very specific word. It's a Greek word, akalotheo, which is, it literally meant to join one as a disciple. And if you're going to be with Jesus and become like Jesus and carry on the mission of Jesus, see what actually salvation is about. Salvation isn't about having our sins forgiven so that we can escape this world upon death or upon destruction and someday go to be with Jesus in this place we don't really know quite what it is called heaven. That is not the biblical story. The biblical story is God made beautiful creation. Humans broke it, rebelled against God. God had a plan right from the beginning to come and fix it and redeem his people. And in the meantime, 
He knew he would come in the flesh, but in the meantime, he picked a special people who would be a picture and a reminder of God's promise to the rest of the world of whom the most of us are a part of, unless you're in this room and you're Jewish. And then one day God shows up at a very specific time in history in the flesh where he reveals that what his plan all along wasn't to destroy everything, but to renew it, to redeem it, and to make it brand new. And that's what he did when he went to the cross. He dealt with the problem of evil that was in the world. He dealt with the problem of evil that was in the hearts of humanity. And in another message, how does all that work? I don't know how it all works. I kind of have some ideas. But at the cross, he dealt with evil. He became a magnet almost for evil. Dealt with evil, went in the grave, broke the power of evil that ruled the world. And when he rose again, it was a sign that God had started something brand new on the planet. And see, everything Jesus did when he walked on this planet, it was an invitation to follow him into a specific way of life. Everyone say, way of life. A way of life, it's about being a disciple or an apprentice, if you want a different, more updated word, an apprentice. And this is what we're going to be unpacking over the next few weeks in this series, this journey series, and what the life, what it is, the life of being a disciple. And one of the things, Media, you can put the slide up. JD, showed, he mentioned this last week, I believe it was, but we've developed a really cool tool that you're going to be hearing about a lot over the next couple weeks. It's called the Journey. It's a journey app. It's on the website. It's on our, it's on your, the City Life app if you Pull it out. Well, I'm going to refer to that again. You'll have a chance to open it up in a little bit. But this is what we're inviting us as a church to embrace a way of following Jesus that might be different than what you have understood about Jesus. See, what is a disciple? When I, when I say that word, some of you, if you've been in church, you kind of have interesting ideas about it. If you've never been in church, you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But disciples, there were three groups of people that Jesus, inter actually there were more, but there were three main groups of people that other than the Pharisees and the ones he was continually arguing with. There were three groups of people that Jesus regularly interacted with. The first one was the crowd. Everywhere Jesus went, it seemed to be a crowd. If you've ever read through the Gospels, how many of you read through the Bible and you've read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and it seemed to be there was always crowds coming out where Jesus went. Mark, one is, Mark 4 is a great example. He began to teach by the sea. Oh, man, can you imagine if we lived by the sea, teaching by the sea outside? Oh, it'd be awesome. We stayed by the, the ocean as well. The sea, oh, it's a beautiful sound. He began to teach by the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him. So there was a crowd. Jesus, anytime he went into a village, there was almost always a crowd came out. A crowd heard he was there. A crowd followed him. If you've watched the Chosen TV series, you see Jesus and the crowd. There's always a crowd following Jesus. But then there was a second group. And this group was actually his followers. Luke 7. Afterward... He was on his way to a town called Nain. Now listen, there's groups here. Listen. His disciples and a large crowd were traveling with him. Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was also with her. 
So we have three different settings. We have the disciples, but then there was another large group of people that were following Jesus. They were traveling with Jesus. And then we have another large crowd from the town that was coming out to meet Jesus. So we have the crowd who they always came where all the action was. They needed, Jesus, heal us. Jesus, feed us. There was something other. Wherever there was, the crowd was there, they, were, they came out for the show. But then there were followers who were like, they might have started out as a crowd, but then they're like, hey, there's something different about this guy. Not only do cool things happen where he's at, <laughs> but man, when he teaches, there's something that hits my heart. I just know there's something different. I just want to be where he's at. And you find Jesus and his followers. This was a big crowd. In one story in the gospel, we find Jesus sending out 70 of these guys. And they went out into different villages and towns, preaching the gospel and doing miracles just like Jesus did. But then the third group was his disciples. Matthew 10, summoning his 12 disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits, to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. Mark 4, he did not speak to them without a parable. Privately, however, he explained everything to his own disciples. See, the disciples were the ones that Jesus spent the most time with going deep with. See, all three of these groups, Jesus loved. In fact, over and over, one of the most frequent ways when we see Jesus, when he sees the crowds, we, all, we, we usually find the phrase, and he was moved with compassion. Or when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had compassion. Jesus loved the crowds. He loved the followers. He loved the disciples. All three groups believed in Jesus to some extent. If you asked somebody in the crowd, somebody that was following Jesus, do you believe in Jesus? Absolutely. The guy's changed everything. He, he healed my dad. He healed my mom. He raised my sister from the dead. His teachings changed my life. This is amazing. But there was only one group that knew him, that did life with him, that he trusted himself to, that he gave power and authority to. And only one group went on to change the world. His disciples. And this is who we are called to be. This is who Jesus, before he returned to the Father, he commissioned his disciples and us to continue this. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came near and he said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Everyone make disciples. Can you say that? Make disciples of all nations. What does that mean? It means all people groups. That's basically what that word means. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus didn't say, go out and have big meetings and do this and do that and do that. He said, go out and make disciples. He didn't say, go out and just have your nice, quiet little devotion time in your house by yourself and then go do the rest of your life. 
He said, go make disciples. Paul described it this way, Colossians 2, 6. And this is actually kind of a theme verse for this, this whole journey, um, this, the whole journey app, the whole journey tool. Colossians 2, 6. Paul, he says, now that you have welcomed the anointed one, Jesus the Lord, into your lives, continue to journey with him. Allow him to shape your lives. Let your roots grow down deeply in him and let him build you up on a firm foundation. Be strong in the faith just as you were taught and always spill over with that fullness. See, sometimes, and maybe this might be your experience, maybe it was in church, maybe it was in Sunday school, maybe it was a camp. Maybe it was a meeting, maybe it was at somebody's home, maybe it was the friend and, you know, somewhere in a park or on a walk or coffee or whatever. And maybe there was this experience that you had with Jesus where, you know, maybe it was drastic and radical where it's just like, man, since I've known Jesus, I made this decision and I haven't touched drugs or alcohol or this or that or any other thing since. Some others, it's kind of like a slow burn. It's just like you just know something's changed. But the question we all, and this is an ongoing question, am I continuing to journey with Jesus? How are you journeying with Jesus? Because, see, we don't drift into the ways of Jesus, being with Jesus, becoming like him, carrying on the mission with Jesus. You don't just drift into that. It requires purposeful and intentional change. See, discipleship isn't a solo activity. It's not something you do privately. Now, it's personal, but it's not individualistic. Discipleship is a journey that you take with others. Because being a disciple is about being changed in who you are. Your character. It's not about learning things. That's only part of it. But it's about a transformation that takes place in who you are as a person. And this character transformation, guess what? Character transformation only takes place with other characters. (laughs) Especially ones that are very challenging. Ones that are maybe different than you are. Ones that think differently, ones that come from a different background, a different worldview, a different experience, but they're on the same journey with you together. You're journeying in the same road around the same person. We need each other on this journey because in order to carry on the mission of Jesus, we need that character formed in us. And that character being formed in us, that is not a very fun thing all the time. But yet there is a lot of exciting things about it. Here's the question. Here's the statement, first of all. We all are already disciples of something or someone. You are already a disciple. Something or someone in this world is discipling you. The question is, will that something... Or someone, whoever or whatever you are allowing to shape or form or influence you, will that something or someone, is it leading you into eternal life in becoming more like Christ? 
Because that's what eternal life is. It's becoming more like Christ. In this eternal journey of becoming more like Christ. Eternity isn't heaven someday off the planet in some ethereal place. That is not what eternal life is. But is this who or what I'm following and allowing to shape and influence you? Is it leading me into eternal life or just a temporary security or temporary comfort or pleasure? Those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. So what does discipleship look like for us in the 21st century? Because obviously, we don't have Jesus in the flesh to follow along beachside towns, you know, going from village to village to village. And, you know, if you've ever read through the Gospels, you, know, you, you might just read them as stories. But those, those four books are more than just stories for us to go, oh, isn't Jesus cool? And, oh, can I be like Jesus? I want to do all the cool things he did. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, They're revealing a way that God wants to interact with you and I. So what is discipleship? Well, what was Jesus' model? Well, if you go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I encourage you, if you want a good summer plan, here's what you can do. Try reading one book all in one sitting. It's super easy to do. You can do it. Because you get a completely different picture of what was going on and what Jesus was doing. But what was Jesus' model? of disciples. What was the kind of life that Jesus' disciples had? Well, we see a group that was gathered together around Jesus. They did life with Jesus. Everywhere they went, they were following the way of Jesus, and they encountered all sorts of different things. They were gathered together, and it was a diverse group. Some of them were friends. Some were acquaintances. Some were bitter enemies. (laughs) Some was a tax collector on one hand, and then another part of the group was a zealot. Now, you might not know, if you don't know what a zealot is, it wasn't just fanatical, radical people for Jesus. These zealots, they came from a line. Some of them think they might have been, I think it's a Sakari. So these were certain Jews who they were very, very, uh, let's say, committed in a crazy, very zealous way for God's return to his people. They were committed to the temple, to the Torah or the law. They were committed to being these to, to being a rebellion against the oppressors of Rome and all the others that would come in. And they were brutal. So you had Matthew, the traitor Jew tax collector, with Simon the zealot for everything Jewish. Like, this was a group of disciples. You couldn't get more different than that. They were diverse groups. They went through conflicts and hard stuff together. They encountered storms. They wrestled with things. Like, they they had character issues, you know? Jesus, these guys didn't open their homes to us. You want us to call down fire from heaven and burn up their village? Like, that was James and John. Like, there you go. Have fun, Jesus. They had ongoing conversation with Jesus. There was evidence of supernatural power in their lives. Through their lives, the lives of others were changed. Circumstances were changed. But what might this look like for us today? Because you know what? When we think about it, you know, we hear something, what does that mean? Does it mean we need to do this program? Does it mean do this? It's like, you know what? Discipleship for us today. I want to throw out some things. And I want us to consider maybe the groups you already have a part of. Or you're already part of in your life. But here's one thing. What might discipleship look like today? Well, for one, 
It starts with people gathered together because of and around Jesus. This is something deeper than just community. So you can have community at work. You can have community at school. You can have community with friends. You can have community in any sports club. But that's not the same as a type of transformational community that being on a journey with others following Jesus as disciples of Jesus, that transformation that can happen in your life. This kind of community is about transformational community. And when Jesus, if Jesus is the center, if we're gathered around Jesus, then it's evident when we gather that Jesus is a part of this group. You know, there's some, I love hearing stories because there are groups like this that are actually forming and formed just organically in our church. They're groups who get together and when they're, they're friends, when they hang out, you know what they do? They simply encourage each other and pray for each other. There is no Bible study. It's not about we have to do this thing. This isn't a formal thing. Let's open our Bibles and read. It's like, oh man, can we pray for you? We want to encourage you. Somebody's going through a hard time. They gather around them. Something very easy. When somebody is, oh, this is so fun to hear. The, the friend, when they, somebody's having a birthday, we're just going to go around and we're going to say something that we love and we, we appreciate about you. That's what disciples do with each other. They encourage each other. But see, when Jesus is the center of a group, here's something to ask yourself in your groups, in your friend, in your friend circles. And you might think, well, I already have community. But what kind of community do you have a part of? What kind of community are you a part of? Is it a community where when you gather, is it evident that Jesus is there? Is there conversation around Jesus, about Jesus, with Jesus? See, disciples are on a journey of growing together. It might look like a group where we're growing together in God's word, sharing what we're learning and discovering about God's word, growing in faith, walking through hard stuff together. And here's another question. So when it comes to being disciples, who are you bringing close? Who are you, who are you doing life with? In order to see the things of God come to pass, not only in your life, but in their life. Because that's what happened with the disciples when they followed Jesus. Their lives were transformed. Who are you championing, championing, encouraging, helping to see the things of God come to pass in their life? See, being a disciple... And following Jesus recognizes it's not just something I need to learn, but I have something to give. It's sharing our stories with each other. It's encouraging. It's, you might have gotten, you might know what it actually is like to pray and then have an answer to prayer. Do you know there's some people who prayed and have never seen a prayer answered before? Those of you that have consistent prayers answered, you might think that's the norm. Some people, for some, it is. For some people, it's not. You could be a great encouragement to somebody, showing them how to pray or just simply stoking their faith to keep praying. Maybe you've got breakthrough in a particular area of your life or you've, you've seen some God do something deep in your heart and bring healing into your soul in a deep way. That can be an encouragement to somebody else and showing them how to do that. Here's the question. Are your friends those who encourage 
and challenge and provoke you to become more like Christ or just a better person. See, the goal in following Jesus and being disciple, it isn't about becoming a better person. It's actually about becoming a debtor person. <laughs> That's what Jesus meant when he said, if anyone is going to follow me, you need to take up your cross and let me lead. Paul described it this way in Galatians 2.20. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. See, that wasn't just a kind of life for the super spiritual people and the rest of us just kind of show up and do our thing and hope for the best someday. Now, this life of discipleship, this is actually what it means to live in salvation is to live as a disciple. And as the Western church, we've got it wrong. And I will, right now, I just want to say I am sorry as a pastor, as your pastor, and on behalf of any other pastor in your life who has presented a gospel that is less than what Jesus presented and invited people into. I am sorry, and I genuinely mean that. The Western church has created this dichotomy, this two way of thinking that we say this prayer, I've got this good. You know, I'm trying to be a good person. But that following Jesus stuff, a life of transformation, a life of power, a life of living differently, a life of helping other people come in, that's for a super, like the elite, and, you know, I don't think, I, I don't think that's my calling. No, we are called to be disciples. And the reason we've carved out the next couple weeks for us as a church is because we want to become a different kind of church. We want to become a church that is made of disciples. Those who are not just a crowd showing up to where Jesus is. Those that have gone beyond just I'm following him, but those who are really, God, I want to be all in. I want to be all in. How do I experience this transformation of becoming like Jesus, being with Jesus, so I can carry on the mission of Jesus? How can we really be disciples? And this is actually what we're inviting you into. Media, why don't you put up that journey slide again? And if you want to just open up in your, in your phone, if you've already got the City Life app, you can go click there. I just want to explain what this whole journey app is about. This is not a Bible study for you to do on your own. I mean, you can look at it and refer to it, do that. But the whole goal of this is to create a simple, I'm talking super simple. All you need to do, the Bible verses, you click and it opens up for you. 
You don't even have to go looking. But this is more of a discussion. Some of you have already been a part of these journey groups. You've been doing some beta versions, some test runs of them during during the last couple months. And I, I've enjoyed it. It's created some interesting discussions. But the whole idea is it creates a tool to create discussion for you to open up and to begin conversation around and with and about Jesus with others and how to grow deeper. There's questions in there. And if you want to, you can click on the, I mean, there's 12 different lessons, obviously. there. You can see them there on the front page. But 12 lessons under 12 themes, or starting to three themes, being with Jesus. You get to know your story. In other words, knowing the true story that frames our lives. Belonging, what is our true identity as children of God. Abiding, what Jesus Abiding with Jesus looks like rest, discovering healthy rhythms of rest, empowered, living the life of the Holy Spirit, having a renewed mind, community, what following Jesus actually looks like as a community. Body care. Did you know caring for your body and health is as much a part of following Jesus? Because this is our temple. This is what we have in order to live out what he's called us to be. Stewardship, servanthood, endurance, and the commission. And the whole idea is if you go to, if you go to, if you're there on the journey page, if you just go to the introduction, in there, there is a link that you can register. And you know what, if you're already, if you've got some friends that you've already, maybe you've heard about this and you're going through it already, we would love to know about it. Just let us know. Just say, and there's a place where you can just let us know I'm going through the journey, who you're going through it with. But I want to invite us, we want to invite the church, not just, this isn't just for new believers, this is for all of us to in some way, will you join us on this journey of becoming disciples of Jesus Christ so that we can actually be a church that's empowered, a church that can love well, a church that can be good salt and light in our community, a church that we can be so transformed of doing life together that God can do something supernatural through us. So there might be somebody, a partner, might be a friend who you could go through. Maybe it is a new, somebody that's new to Jesus, but or maybe you're just like, I don't know, I kind of want to go through this with somebody, but I don't know who. Just register on there. Click on there. But over the next several weeks, we're going to be showing very practical. We're going to be sharing some stories about different ways that this can look in your life and, just, and, and not just about going through an app, but how do we collectively together become disciples of Jesus Christ? Let's stand. I want to pray because there's something that God, you know, over the last season, you know, the last couple years, our world has gone through an upheaval, and that is not for nothing. It's not the result of whatever the result is, whatever the reason, however it happened, that's not the issue. The fact of the matter is God is taking advantage of a moment in time just kind of go, let's change some things. Let's grow. Come on, church. Those of us that are following Jesus, those of us that have given our lives to him, you know, there's a time, we're in a time where God is saying, you know what, I'm calling you deeper. What might have been okay in the past, that is not going to carry you forward into where I want to lead you. And I want to invite everyone to close your eyes, and we're going to pray a prayer together. And it's a prayer of, of saying, yes, Jesus, I want to be. I want to follow you. I want to be a disciple. I, want, I don't even really know what that means. I just know that I need you. And I don't want to live life the way my, I have been living it. 
and you're recognizing that there's a greater life that you could be living. You just don't know how to get there. You know what? That greater life is something that Jesus will lead you into. And can we pray this together? Say, Jesus, thank you for everything you've done through your death and your resurrection that's made it possible for me to have a new life. Jesus, thank you that in you I am forgiven. I have been set free. And now I want to live with you. I want to live for you on mission with you. In your name, thank you, Jesus. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.